1: in Edmonton. The bye week is now complete. The Edmonton Elks have been back on the practice field now three times since the bye week ended. Uh, they all got a little less than a week off. They played, what, last Friday at home in that game against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, we're given most of the, the next week off back on the field on Friday. Uh, had to do it at Clark as they were setting up for the uh, the Monster Truck Show at Commonwealth. Then they practice, had Saturday off, then they practiced again on Sunday at Clark again because of the Monster Truck Show. And today we're back at Commonwealth uh, Commonwealth Stadium on the Brick Field getting set for practice as uh, they get uh, ready to go to Vancouver to play the BC Lions on Saturday night, a game, of course, you'll hear right here on 630, Chet, 8 o'clock start time for the game, 630 for the countdown to kick off. So everybody's back from the bye week. I thought I'd get the show started tonight by checking in with a few players about their bye weeks to see how it went and, and what they did. Let's hear from Thomas Costigan, Sergio Castillo, Adam Conar, and we'll start things off with Kenny Lawler.
0: First, we were gonna go to uh, Banff, but um, instead we just uh, we just stayed around town um, and just did little different things throughout the uh, each day. One day we went fishing, one day we went to K Days, um, one day we went to. Like some supermarket that was like I don't know on Instagram, so like you know we just we just uh, it was one of those times where it was like I haven't had a lot of time to just sit down and just actually relax and just enjoy the city, so that's what we did. We just try to. Pick different things around the city and enjoy it.
2: I just went to Vancouver to visit my family uh, with my wife. Just went out there for a few days. Got to go to the beach and stuff like that. So it was nice to get away from football for a few days and just relax, hanging out with uh, family and friends and stuff. We got to stay in Canmore, and then we got to experience that, that little town. And then, uh, Banff, You know, we were just we were there for two days, and just uh, it was definitely all you know and every part of it right so that's pretty neat you know uh my girl adriana she just Loves all. She's all about the nature, so uh, I think she enjoyed it more. Which you know, it's always is good to make make the woman happy. You get to see some animals? No, I did not. No, I, I did not. I was hoping we see something, you know, because we got to go on the lift. Yeah. And but no, we didn't get to see anything.
1: I got to explore an area I haven't been to in Jasper, and we went camping, so we had a good time. You're an know, outdoorsy guy. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So uh, like, we taught me about camping. Are we like tents? We trailers? What's uh, what was the setup? <laughs> tents. Uh We drove out there, and they have those campsites where you just park your truck right there and they give you a little spot to set up tent and it was right along the river so we got to explore a little bit too nice Uh, how important is the bye week Uh, especially coming for you guys after seven games a lot of injuries uh how important was it for you guys to to get some rest maybe refresh mentally a little bit too yeah i think honestly more so than physically it's mental it's just the constant grind of always thinking about football and it's Obviously, you love football, but times get stressful, especially when you're losing and the stress is on you, so you just get that week to to relax your mind and and remind yourself about why you love football, and and that drive comes back for you want to play good, so um, it's it's a much-needed thing for everyone, and
0: and I'm glad we had it just now.
1: That is Thomas Costigan. Before that, we heard from Sergio Castillo, Adam Konar, and we started out with uh, Kenny Lawler. Some guys hung around town. Some guys went to the mountains. Some guys went home, whether that be in Canada or to the United States, but they are all All back and at work uh, this weekend and today for day one of practice, getting set to play the BC Lions in Vancouver on Saturday. We uh, welcome in now a uh, a good friend of the program, as we like to say. Natalia Jay joins us from Toronto. He's the Argos Color commentator on uh, radio broadcast, the host of the All Ball podcast, uh, the Monday morning quarterback with Trevor Harris, and the Argos Cover 2 podcast with Mike Hogan. A very busy man, also an all-around good guy. How you doing,
0: Natalia? I'm doing great. I'm so happy, you know, listening to all the guys in our bye weeks it's, it's so nice that, you know, the guys are getting around town in Edmonton because it's such a – you know, it's one of my favorite cities in in Canada. And when I first signed to Edmonton, I'm like, ah, you know, you don't know much about it. And, you know, you're like, oh, okay, we're going up north. and But my time there was was second to none. I, I consider it a second home. So it's so nice to hear the guys enjoying Edmonton. It's a great city. Miss it.
1: Yeah, some of the guys did. They just uh, hung around town and did – it was it was a great week because the Taste of Edmonton was on, K-Days was on, uh, the Heritage Festival festivals on so there was no shortage of things to do if you hung around town and of course guys who play in Edmonton and Calgary it's pretty that's a no-brainer if you have never been there to head to the mountains for a
0: few days too right no absolutely that's that's like the number one thing that you know you hear about when you get to Edmonton all the guys that are like been on the team is like okay bye week like who's going to Banff like you got it you have something you have to do before you leave town Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and then it's, you just got to decide, Jasper or Banff, which one are you going to, right? So that's that's the decision. That's the only decision you have to make because you got to go to the mountains if you've never seen them before. Yeah. Did, talk, look back on your career. Did you have any, any real good trips or do any interesting things on a bye week?
0: You know what? Most of the bye weeks was, was uh, spent going back to Toronto because the family you know, we started our family right when I got to Edmonton. So when the family didn't come with me to the to Edmonton, we most every probably every single bye week was spent going back home and seeing time, spending time with the family. And uh, a very interesting one I have is you know I remember. Uh, a bye week in 2019. Uh, and you remember this play very well. It's a short mm-hmm. pass Trevor Harris throws to me, uh, sco- like score a long touchdown with like a screen pass, right? After that yep. play, I take the ball and put it under my jersey and almost act like I'm pregnant, but it was just to signify that my wife's pregnant and we're expecting another one. So, you know, there was a bye week coming up uh, I don't believe it was that game. The that after that game it was the next game after we played Winnipeg. We had a bye week and we have a baby all set to come and be born. It was all set up. It was timed up perfectly. I thought, uh, get home for the bye week. I'm doing all the little things I have to do. You know, walk around, massage the feet. You know, do all the things to make the baby come out because the baby's scheduled to come out and. And uh, lo and behold, the baby's like, no, I'm good. I'm living good in this in this tummy. I'm gonna stay a while. So the whole bi week, I was spent stressed out. Unlike the guys you talked to, today. they they weren't stressed. They were carefree. They were you know relaxing. I was stressed because I wanted this baby to come out because I didn't want to go back to Edmonton and have to come back. So yeah, I, I was stressed out. But then. Funny enough, the baby doesn't come. I get back to Edmonton. We play a couple more games. And then after our game in Toronto, which was another opportunity for the baby to come, the baby doesn't come. We have a few more days because it was an extra long week until we played Calgary. Uh, so, so we had an extra long uh, a mini bye. Stayed home. The baby came then. So it was all good. She made us wait, but it was all good. So my bye weeks, that that 2019 year, first couple bye weeks was stressful. Thank yeah, God these man. guys are about so to go through that. That. Was,
1: that was baby number two for you, right? Correct. Uh, now, tell me, is is she as stubborn now as she's a couple more years, as she's a couple three years old, as she was when she was coming out? You know what? It makes complete
0: sense uh, as to how why, why she was acting like that because she's exactly the same way now. We tell her to do something, she's like, no, I'll do it on my time. So um, I'm dealing with a lot of the <laughs>
1: There you go. All right, uh, we were talking last week on, on the Elks this week, and we, we kind of just ran out of time. I wanted to get to a couple other things, so we uh, immediately kind of got we texted a little bit and said let's set it up for this week. So let's let's finish off the conversation that we got into uh, last week on the Elks this week. I want to get from you and your take on what is the biggest story in the Canadian Football League this year. For me, it's Nathan Rourke. I think that's kind of a
0: no-brainer, right? Yeah, you know, and I thought about it a lot, you know, last week when we had uh, a running back, and Andrew Harris, who was, you know, performer of the week, right, and then a quarterback as well, Nathan Rourke, who was the, another performer of the week. Uh, he's been, I think, the league leader three times this year, performer of the week, and I'm like. When was the last time that's happened where, you know, the skill positions like quarterback for sure I had never seen and running back, which is another Canadian, which, you know, it's just so funny because obviously the league is trying to lower the ratio. But then you have these, you know, like star emerging in and in trade forward, obviously, in Edmonton, and then work who looks like he's on his way to an MOP season if he stays healthy and continues on this path. And then, obviously, the old guard and Andrew Harrison. There's so much talent I see throughout the league. Um, So that's a story for sure. Nathan Wark, his rise, that's a major story. Another major story, just the Canadian talent that's emerged. I look at Saskatchewan, Keane Shaffer-Baker, unbelievable talent, playing really well. Uh, Trey Ford, who I talked about in Edmonton, uh, Curly Gaines Jr., who's playing really well. So across the league, I've seen so many Canadians doing well, and it, it always warms my heart.
1: Yeah, it's great to see the Canadian players stepping up and and playing really well. The other story I think is Winnipeg 8-0. Uh it's hard enough to win the Grey Cup. How about to win the win the Grey Cup 3 times in a row, uh, which is which is un, unheard of since obviously the late 70s or 80s when uh when the uh, when Edmonton was doing it. But uh, how good is Winnipeg in your mind? Can anybody beat them?
0: You know what? They played there's a few games this year I thought Ottawa could have had them. There's just some winnable games. I thought Toronto was really close. They missed the extra point. So that's three games out of the eight right there that I thought they, they they could have been had. But it just after winning two great Cups. There's no situation that phases that them, it looks like, right? They, any situation in the game, they're like, okay, we, we know they have that confidence from winning the back-to-back great cups. They can get through anything, and that's how they're playing. Because a lot of these other teams, like, you know, obviously Ottawa won their first game, but they were in a lot of games this season. Montreal was in a lot of games this season, but late, in games, you see them, you know, kind of fold, and and um, you know, they don't have that confidence of a team that's won great cups, that that's been there, done that, that understands that you know each other, everybody on that sideline has each other's back. So, you know, Winnipeg, they, they are beatable, but it's gonna take your best game. You can't go in there with your B game or C game and, and expect to win, because they can win with their C game or or B yep. game sometimes. Boy, hey, they won. They, they won with the B or C
1: game in Edmonton a week and a yeah. half ago, right? I mean, they that was only, the winnable game. Zach Calaris only completed seven passes in the game, <laughs> but they were right. they were most of them were pretty meaningful. And and even post game, Chris Jones, you know, we talked about to him about you know how they had them in certain situations, but Winnipeg always got off the mat. And he said, good teams find a way to win games, and and okay. even when you're not playing well, you find a way to win, and that's exactly what Winnipeg does. And their their games this year, they as you say, they haven't been dominant. But they always come out in the right end.
0: No, absolutely. And that Edmonton game was the epitome of that, right? Edmonton comes out with their A game or maybe A-minus game. They win that game easily. That game was there for the taking. But obviously, you know, we talked about Zach Hilaris and his passes being beautiful. Uh, they found a way. Even with guys are injured, they find a way. And that's, that's the definition of uh, a good team. And I was... I always think back, obviously, like, the team hasn't won three great cups since Edmonton. Uh, have you ever – have you seen a team this – I don't want to say dominant, because it doesn't seem like it's dominant, but, like, two great cups speaks for itself. But have you seen a team – like, like what's the last team you saw like this? Would it, would it have been Montreal back in their dynasty days?
1: Yeah, probably Montreal back in what in, in 09 and '10, right, uh, or '10 yeah. and '11, whatever those years were that when, when they won yeah. the Grey Cup and they were they were pretty dominant. But then um, Anthony Calvillo got sick and had to step out for a while, right? I think that's yeah. kinda when things started to implode a little bit uh, for the Alouettes. But yeah, they were as dominant as, as you get going back to uh, you know the '70s and '80s when when Edmonton was winning five in a row. So I mean, even those teams at Edmonton, they're this like I think they had a 500 record one year or one game over 500 uh, one uh-huh. year. And, and, you know, they got the scare against Ottawa in, in the Grey Cup game as well and had to come from behind to win it. And that's another good example of, like, what Winnipeg's doing. Good teams yeah. find a way to win. You don't have to play at your best all the time. But if you play at your best at the right times, and good teams always seem to do that, you win games.
0: Well, yeah, timing is everything.
1: Absolutely. Uh, we we started to touch on this, and we, we ran out of time last week. I, I'll, I'll preface this now by by saying I asked you this last week, but I'll give you more time to answer. Uh, I was I was on with the with the Hamilton Tiger Cats podcast yesterday, uh, and and we were talking about the West and the East, uh, and and they asked me. Who is the is the most dangerous team in the East right now? And, and my only answer I could give him is the most dangerous team in the East is the team that finishes fourth in the West. Because the East is <laughs> so bad this year. I mean, Winnipeg's got eight wins. Uh, the East now has eight wins combined. Um, why is the East so bad?
0: That's a great question. I've been thinking about this for a while. And, you know, I think about, you know, how close these games have been. Like Montreal... They, they they could easily they're they're two or five right now they they could easily that record could be flipped easily right um and, and Ottawa obviously they're one of six, but I would say it could be flipped but they they could be at least five hundred that's how close these games have been um it, it's just so interesting they they've been tight games but they haven't been able to figure it out I think it'll even out I still think the, there's gonna be a crossover team uh the west is just way too strong um at this point but it, it's just tough. I, I can't put my finger on it. Just no consistency throughout the East. Um, Hamilton seems to have regressed. Inevin seems to be pressing uh, a little bit since he's the starting quarterback now. It seems like, okay, he's trying to put it all on his shoulders and, and, and regain that you know, sort of magic that the, the, the Hamilton has had the last couple of years. Montreal, obviously, they make a, a, a quarterback change in the second game of the year and a, a coaching change in what, the third or fourth game of the year. So, yeah, there's a lot going on there in Ottawa. There, there, there were 0 and 6. They're 1 and 6 now. There are a lot of questions about La Police. They had their star quarterback get hurt. So just, just, just no consistency. And I look at the West, right? They've got uh, Winnipeg, obviously, 8 no, same quarterback, same head coach. Uh, rosters pretty much similar throughout um, uh, throughout, the, throughout the every week, right? BC, things are new there, but they, they seem to have a role in. The work was there last year. Uh, Jordan McSimmick was there last year, right? And he, now he's got his second year uh, with that offense and kind of implement more of his style since Mike... Michael Riley's not there. He can kind of, this, this is his offense now, not just what Michael likes to do. Calgary, obviously they're uh, a, a pillar of consistency, right? It's the same GM, same head coach, same quarterback. Now Saskatchewan. Jason Moss was there last year. We know him well for He's had some struggles, but that defense is their strong point. A lot of the same pieces. Uh, Larry Dean's back. Uh, Shivers is, is there, you know, implementing that Chris Jones style that he learned. And then we got Edmonton who at two and five, they'd be in second place. Place in the east in one game out of first so it's just i think about the west and i think about consistency and i think of the east just questions too many questions in football you need answers not questions
1: yeah and it's and it's all about you talked about consistency and you talk about stability i mean the best two teams in the cfl the last five years winnipeg and calgary and they pretty much got the same coaching staff for that entire time right both teams so that's that's such an important
0: part of it no, absolutely. And, and you know, you talk about building the culture. Those two teams have the best culture in, in, in the CFL. And, and that's whether whatever your roster is, once you have that culture set and it's set from the top, guys just fall in place. And that's why you get the results year in and year out like those teams had. And every team you go to, Oh, they talk about you know trying to establish a culture. Now, when you talk about Winnipeg and Calgary, they're about maintaining that culture. The standards has been set. Now it's about the guys meeting it. And Edmonton now is trying to establish the new culture with with, with Chris Jones, right? Uh, a team like Ottawa, they they've got you know a lot of new pieces that they brought in. They're trying to establish a culture going forward. And uh, sometimes you go through some growing pains when when you're trying to establish culture. But if we know with with Jones, especially in Edmonton, year two and three is when when that culture said the team really starts to take off
1: uh it's a marathon not a sprint as the saying goes uh, give me your pick on a team maybe that's not so much down and out now but really not in the thick of things now in the east or the west uh and i guess that's basically saskatchewan and edmonton in the west and anybody in the east i guess and uh, that who could surprise by the time the end of the season rolls around
0: yeah, I think well, Saskatchewan is, is four four right now, but the, on paper and uh, schematically, I think they can beat anyone in the league. They have the ability to win, beat anyone in the league, and lose to anyone for for whatever reason, whether it's penalties or you know uh, for whatever reason. But like I feel like they have the ability, like they're they, you know, they've got a strong enough O line, D line where you really need uh, to, to win uh, late in the season. Running game is, is their is strength on offense, and, and Cody's running ability is something that they're going to need to win because He's not just the Ricky Ray type where he can just dice you from you know, the, the um, from the pocket. He needs to be able to use his legs uh, to set up some of his passes and, and play action stuff. So Saskatchewan is who I think is kind of, you know, they've been losing a little bit lately, but once they get, like, fully healthy, Cody's fully healthy, I think they can beat anyone and, you know, and kind of be a dark horse. And in the East, you know, Montreal is kind of a team, I, not just because I do the podcast with, with Trevor, and I, I mean, he gives me inside information, but I really like them on paper. And it, they literally have all of 2019 Edmonton D-Lamond, right? Uh, Usher, Sewell, mm-hmm. um, uh, who else am I missing? There was one more guy, uh, Usher, Sewell. Um, I'm trying one to remember, more guy. Too. Well, one well, they had guy, Antonio but
1: Simmons, but they released him, right? Simmons, yeah. It was, it was another but, yeah,
0: when I see their D-line, I think about man, Edmonton in 2019. But um, so that D-line should be strong, should be getting a lot more sacks. They just haven't been able to get, get that pressure. Um, defense has let them down a little bit and penalties at the wrong time has been letting them, but I think in the East, they can also beat anybody, and they show this year they can lose anybody, but you know, when, if they get hot, I, I, they're a dark horse team for me.
1: All right. Uh, Nate, always great to talk to you, man. Uh, uh, we got to do we got do an hour show sometime and talk to you because it's, uh, it's always entertaining. Appreciate your enthusiasm and your wealth of knowledge,
0: and uh, we'll see you somewhere down the road, my friend. I'm looking forward to it. I can't believe how fast these shows go by. I like say, like, two sentences, and then we're wrapping up. I can't believe it. I guess we're having fun, huh? <laughs>
1: That's right. Exactly right. We are. Uh, we'll do it again. Thanks very much,
0: man. Have a great day. Take care, Morley. Always a pleasure to All right, a that is Natalia
1: J, ex-member of the Edmonton Football Club, uh, talking to us from Toronto, where he's working for the Argos now on their radio broadcast. We're talking about getting the Grey Cup ring. Uh, a member of the Edmonton Elks got a Grey Cup ring in that game against uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we'll talk about that and hear from Sergio Castillo when we come back on the Elks this week on 630 Chat.
0: Now, more football talk on the Elks this week. Here's Morley Scott on the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad.
1: Next game for the Elks will be Saturday night in Vancouver against the BC Lions. BC's 5-1, Elks are 2-5. We'll have it for you here on 630 Chad. 8 o'clock kickoff, 630 for uh, the pregame show. Last game the Elks played was that tough loss to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. A pretty memorable game for Sergio Castillo because he got... Uh, rewarded for his time with the Blue Bombers the year before, as they presented him with his Grey Cup ring.
2: Definitely special. Brought back, you know, the memories of the run that we had. Uh, you know, those towards the end of the season. So, you know, Coach Boo, especially teams coach, gave it to me. So, it, uh, it it was pretty, pretty nice. And you know, the ring is, is huge. I'll say that. You know, so um, it was good to see the the guys. You know, and, and Coach Osh, and so it, it was definitely just good seeing catching up with the guys.
1: Go back to the game, what do you remember about the game? Five for five, I I know that's probably what you remember a little bit. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, it was it was not a game that I was expecting, right? You know, having a big part. Uh just got, you know, cars landing in the right spot, you know, and I was able to do my part and, but just remember being very calm, you know, and, and, and able to enjoy every part of it. I remember when we first got there to, you know, week before, you know, Osh was like, we have 128 hours, 96, 72, and it just kept going down. I was like, oh, wow, it's going by quick because I was enjoying everything about it. Yeah. Uh, talk about John Ryan uh, joining. I don't
1: know if the kickers have a room like the quarterbacks have a room or not, but, uh, but talk about John Ryan joining his team man that's a guy who's Kind of a legend. I mean, uh, he's got the Super Bowl ring, so many great years in Seattle,
2: Canadian. Uh, he's, uh, he's a bit of a legend around here. He's something that uh, I would like to to be, right? You know, if, if I can kick till, till, till the age that he's in, you know, that's the goal, right? And if I can have longevity and the success that he's had, that's something that I want. But more than anything, what's cool is just he's just one of the guys. Yeah, you know you, yeah. you you never know i had never met him before you know and and he's just one of the guys you know he doesn't have anything like showboat or anything like no he's just one of the guys and that's one thing I, you really appreciate when you get to meet people who have had the career they've had And to see, well, well, that's a humble guy. He's just one of the guys. I think that's one of the best things when you meet someone of that type of status. Yeah, and as he told us earlier, I mean, he just loves the game. Like, he's 40 years old, doesn't have to keep kicking. Yeah. But he can keep kicking, and he's going to because he just loves the game. Yeah, and then just to have him here, you know, brings, you know, a peace of mind because, you know, it's always good to have... Someone who's older, you know, even though I'm, I've been in here for, since, for seven, eight years, I'm, I still want to grow. I want to be a sponge. So anything that I can get from him, I'll take it. Uh, look ahead to the next, uh, I've been asking this question to a, to a few guys,
1: the next four games. You got the potential really to turn things around. Two teams ahead in the standings. Uh, team in Ottawa who you should beat moving forward. Um
2: it's a chance to maybe maybe get some traction here. Yeah, and the main thing is going 1-0, right? And the main thing is, is, and also it's just like we've been improving, right? I don't know much about football, but it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch every game now, right? Uh, the way that Taylor's been moving the ball is like, okay, we, we got a spark on offense. We we got a passing game, you know. Our defense, you know. So, and you know, special teams. So every week there's been improvement, and so and when it's fun to watch, that means we're doing something right. That's Sergio Castillo, Elks kicker, who uh, was uh,
1: presented with this great cup ring when the Winnipeg Blue Bombers were in town uh, to play the Elks in the last home game. Next home game is a big one. It's August 13th against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It's a Saturday night. It is Wall of Honor night where the Elks will honor Ed Jones, Joe Holloman, and Jim Germany for their run in the five-in-a-row team. So that will be a special night to be there. Your ticket information, the ticket best. You can also head to goelks.com for more info on the road this week in Vancouver to play the Lions on Saturday. Saturday night. Thanks to studio producer Derek Scott for keeping us on track tonight. Also, thanks to our guest Ataya Jay. Love talking football with Nate. Uh If you missed that, you'll be able to get it up online at 630Ched.com uh, in the next little while. Uh, my name is Morley Scott. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning on 630 Ched Mornings with Chelsea and Darrell. Have a great night, everybody.